You are listening to a Nerd Room Podcast, a member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Be sure to check out more from the Star Wars Commonwealth on the web at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. And welcome to the Nerd Room, where we talk all things Star Wars, Marvel, and DC. This is episode number 112, we're discussing the Avengers Infinity War trailer number two. I'm your host, Tim. I'm Troy. And I'm Sanjay. Gentlemen, welcome back to the Nerd Room. It's a pleasure to have you here to talk all things Star Wars, Marvel, and DC. It's been a relatively busy week in Marvel and DC. Star Wars seemingly is taking a break until early May-ish time, maybe? We'll see. I don't know. But it's been a lot of fun collecting, doing the comic book thing, and getting this amazing, this incredible trailer from Marvel Studios for Avengers Infinity War. This has got me so hyped for this film. I've totally forgotten about (laughs) Solo and what's to come and what came already in Black Panther. But how are you guys feeling? Like, how's your weekend nerd been? Oh, hyped, man. This was crazy. It's such a kickoff with this trailer being dropped on Friday. And instantly, like I mentioned to you guys before, I, I put in uh, Winter Soldier yeah. immediately after. I was like, I need an MCU <laughs> right now. And I've done Homecoming like a thousand times. I yeah. need a break from that. So uh put in Winter Soldier. That was awesome, man. And then I watched that trailer like, over and over again, which was great. Then I got the Blu-ray steelbook from you for Justice League. So it's just like a a crazy week of like superhero stuff. I picked up Captain Rex, the Black Series, which is cool. Nice. Uh, It's a pretty sweet figure. And then I found another um, Iron Man Marvel Legends. I got that guy all posted up. And uh, yeah, man, it's been a great great week for for a nerd. And also read a couple more comic books. I caught up a little bit more on Avengers. And um, yeah, man, all around, it's been good. But you know what? I got to go back a little bit. I used to really, really like... Justice League. Like, I, I right. love the movie, right? Yeah. But you know what? It doesn't do it any favors on, like, a smaller screen. Yeah. Uh, the visuals, to me, looked a little weird. Like, some of the green screen issues with um, Momoa, you yeah. know, Aquaman diving into the water. Like, there's some scenes where it's like, whoa, this doesn't this doesn't really look that good. The the mustache stuff still doesn't bother me much. I still haven't really caught on to that. I know a lot of people did. Uh, my yeah. wife caught on to it right away. Oh, really? Yeah. But, um, yeah, just the visuals kind of took away... A little bit from the movie. This is my third time watching it now. But uh, another cool thing about the movie, though, was Wonder Woman. She's, like, even more enhanced. Watching it again, is like, Wonder Woman is, like, I think the best part of the whole film. I really like what Gal Gadot does in that film. So it's kind of a bittersweet thing. There was some some bad, so my, my score <laughs> went down a little bit in this film. Yeah. But, man, Wonder Woman is great, and I just I can't wait to see more of this of this superhero. Nice. So, yeah. Nice. Well, yeah. I mean, I, uh, I've, I've seen what Justice League now a couple times. And yeah. The mustache part again doesn't really bother me. Like yeah. whatever, uh, it kind of sucks that that happened. I uh, you know, but they just got to release the Snyder cut and give us more Superman. Superman's right? really good in that movie too, and I want yeah. more of him in that film. Right? Is there a Snyder cut? Like, does that the, exist? There's gotta that be. A myth? That's gotta be. I mean, because he shot so much of that film. I mean, remember back in the day, Superman two with Richard Donner. He got fired, and then they brought in Richard. Uh, yeah, Richard Lester, I believe. And then he finished the movie, and uh, and then. Like, 30 years later, they released Superman 2, the Richard Donner version. I hope I don't have to wait, like, 30 years for the Snyder Cut, because give me the Snyder Cut. I don't think we're ever going to get it. I don't think think so? I think it's a fan myth, to be dead honest (laughs) with you. I don't think it actually exists. I I agree with you that there's probably some version of Snyder's film that exists, maybe not compiled together, but the idea and the framework of it is probably there. But 
I don't know if there's a whole movie. It'd be more interesting just to read his story. Where he would have taken things, how he would have done things differently. So just even having, I don't know, 10 years down the road, how Zack Snyder would have made this Mm -hmm. film, what would have changed, how would the character developments have been altered? I think that would be more interesting because I honestly don't think it exists. Well, well, maybe I'm confused. Wasn't there a a screening for the executives and they saw the film and they weren't that pleased with it too? Yeah. Was that Josh Whedon's or was that the Snyder one? I think that was the Snyder. So that might have been the Snyder one. Yeah, like if you watch the trailers, maybe the CGI isn't finished on some scenes, but there's so much stuff that was cut from that movie. Like all the cyborg stuff, uh, Ray Fisher playing football, that's gone. You know, you had Flash saving Iris West, that's gone. I mean, there's so much stuff. There's so many scenes that if you just watch the opening trailers, like Cyborg, when he has that Iron Man like helmet and yeah. he's flying around. The toy. There's even a toy. You have it. Yeah. You? Yeah. yeah. Where's that? Right. So, I mean, there are scenes. Maybe the CGI wasn't 100% finished, but you could argue maybe the CGI wasn't 100% finished in the final product. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah. No, I, you know what? I'm going to sit down and rewatch this for sure. Uh, maybe when it comes to Netflix, or maybe I'll borrow a DVD, let it sit here for 10 weeks, and then finally get around <laughs> watching it. I haven't quite got to Dunkirk yet. <laughs> that is a weekly Dunkirk update. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I do want to rewatch this and try to take in some of the elements that maybe I didn't quite get in the film. Having you guys explain a few more things usually helps with the DC Extended Universe. And that's somewhat what we try to provide on the podcast with the MCU retrospective episodes, is trying to recontextualize some of the stuff that we see, kind of looking at this from a different perspective or a comic book perspective perspective so i want some of that and when we get into talking a little bit about this new gods thing that was announced i'm going to need a bit more of that and how maybe justice league and batman versus superman may seed some of those ideas because i'm hoping that with the dc extended universe they do the same thing that marvel's done in the past and that's like retroactively reached into the past films and made them better by providing some sort of connective tissue in films. We call it the Winter Soldier effect here in the Mm -hmm. Nerd Room, and we just got finished reviewing the Winter Soldier, so that episode is going to drop in the next couple of weeks, our MCU retrospective episode for that. But we refer to that film making the first Avenger a lot better by recontextualizing and bringing things, modernizing things, and also tying up some of the details and also including things in that film that were a little looser in the first Avenger, but making them and projecting them into the future, into this film, made that film retroactively a lot better. And I love both of those films, especially Winter Soldier. It's at the top of the game. So I'm hoping that going forward... Things like Aquaman, Wonder Woman 2, The New Gods, that they're able to make the other films better by taking the story or the plot elements that were a little looser in there and tying some of them up. Because I think you can accomplish that in filmmaking, especially with these big cinematic universes. You just got to start now. Yeah. (laughs) Start now. (laughs) (laughs) So any steelbooks this week, Sanjay? I did get one. I got Jumanji. Nice. Welcome to the Jungle. Such a great movie. I've yet to see it. You haven't seen it yet? No. That's, okay. That's why I borrowed treat. the digital code from you. Wink, wink. They can't <laughs> see you winking, Tim. <laughs> yeah. How will you try? Have you seen Jumanji? I haven't seen Jumanji. I'm still oh. a fan of the original, but I've yet to see the Kevin Hart and the Rock one. Like, this one is really good. I still have a special place in my heart for the original. Oh, yeah. yeah. Robin Williams. R. That R. was when he was, yeah. oh, that was when yeah. he was on top of his game. Yeah. And all his movies are coming out and they're all so good. This one is a little bit different, but it's super cool. A lot of fun, good action, and we got The Rock, Black Adam in there, and we got Karen Gillian, who is... Nebula. Nebula. Maybe, I mean, who would you guys cast in for Jack Black and Kevin Hart if you had to cast them in superhero roles? I feel like Kevin Hart's got to be some sort of mutant. 
I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just picturing some sort of very loud. <laughs> he, he doesn't really fit into the the universe that I'm thinking of, but I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking maybe like John Stewart, Green Lantern. But he's a little bit. John Stewart is Green Lantern. Yeah. He's only like five feet tall. Yeah, but <laughs> really? so is uh, Tom Cruise. So. I, I would have had him as a Shazam before. Oh. Yeah, I would have had him as a Shazam. But I don't know if he has the acting chops to carry a whole film. But if it's just going off a of pure like fan, yeah. you know, casting, yeah, Shazam. You'd cast Kevin Hart as Shazam? No, no, no. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I said John Cena at one point. No? No, 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 John, John Stewart. Stewart. Oh, John Stewart, like, yeah, sorry. Green... <laughs> what am I thinking? I was a little Jeez. confused. Right? Yeah, yeah, I was okay. like, uh, yeah, never mind. Okay, like, I guess it could work. It might be a little weird. <laughs> My bad, yeah, no. Uh, okay, it's John Stewart. You know, I'd have him as... Uh, Kevin Hart as Toad in X Men. Oh, that's, that's kind of what I'm Have thinking. Him as Toad. Yeah, yeah. Film yeah. yeah. is that. Just in the background. Nice. Yeah. Little quips. Yeah. Yelling and screaming. Exactly. Nothing thing. more than that. What about Jack Black? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Oof. He was rumored at one point to be Hal Jordan. Um, the Penguin. That oh, that's villain? actually a really yeah, good. One. Maybe, yeah. Maybe do the Penguin. Jarvis, like the human Ooh, version. Oh, the real oh, Jarvis. Yeah. 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 Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I like it's just in a recent comic book. Yeah. Speaking of comic books. I've had a hell of a week reading comic books. Nice. It's, I got into Avengers No Surrender, which, okay, spoilers for this. Yeah, let's get into this. Anyone right. reading Avengers No Surrender, I finally got around to reading issues num- issue number two, yeah. which Troy kind of inquired about last week, I believe. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really interesting. There's this character called the Voyager. New introduction, I believe. Yeah. But they've retconned her into like every significant Avengers moment that she was present at the beginning, at when the Avengers formed, when most of them left in Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch and Hawkeye joined Captain America, she yeah. was there. Yeah. In founding member. Founding member yeah. in issue number fifty-eight, when we have even an android can cry, like all of that. They've they've got the art is it's kind of cool. They've kind of integrated her into it all. Yeah. But everyone in the Avengers or the existing Avengers at this point are like, yeah, I remember you there. You're you're a legend. I'm basically. really <laughs> confused if she's mind warped these characters or if they're actively trying to retcon the original avengers runs like some of those significant issues issue number one issue number 58 like those are to me untouchable you don't you don't retcon anything into them that's why i'm thinking it's it's some sort of story but you're further on and i'm not sure if i don't want to hear if it gets yeah i I won't go into it too much but i'm on board with you like it's basically like they're doing this whole like century thing yeah you know all over again but at least there's a lot more and like a lot more in play with that this just seems like we're all meant to know who she is. And we're yeah. all meant to just believe it. It's it's really kind of weird how they're doing it. It's kind of lazy if that's the route they're going. But if they're going more of the long game and she's actually like pulling this whole scam herself. I think it's a long game. Then I'm hoping so. So I'm kind of waiting, you know, to uh, to, to judge it fully until I've actually read the whole arc. Because I think this No Surrender arc is pretty big. Like 15 I'm on, or 16 issues, I think. Holy yeah, smokes. and I'm only on, I think they only released up to 10, 10 or 11 right maybe. It's a weekly. Yeah. Weekly. Yeah. yeah. But uh, wow. it, it, it's great, though. All around, I'm still enjoying this book a lot. But my only drawback right now, I'd have to say, is this this retcon uh, origin story. Yeah. Because, yeah. So, yeah. yeah we'll get into it. I'm going to read. I've got, I think I've got up to issue five at this point. I want to continue with it. I'm really curious yeah. about it. The art's great. Yeah, the art is fantastic. Yeah. I'm enjoying it from that perspective. I like the almost B squad of Avengers. Yeah. And each issue, it's somebody else narrating the story, yeah. which I really like. Yeah. Cause issue yeah. number two is Falcon. Yeah. Yeah. I really like yeah. that. It's, it's cool. So looking forward to cool. getting more into that. I've gotten into this infinity countdown as well. So this is another event that's going on in the background, a bit more cosmic scale right. regarding the, or revolving a bit more around the infinity stones. And I'm loving it. It, yeah. it feels like a guardians of the galaxy centric 
sort of event. And they're in this book? They're in this book. You got all of them, Adam Warlock, Captain Marvel, Wolverine's in here a little bit. So you've you've got a little bit of everything, and it's a perfect mix of comic book and what we're going to be seeing on the screen. Just to, again, it's purely a marketing thing to get people into comics, relating it directly to Avengers Infinity War. But I love it. I'm really, really enjoying it. It's got this kind of annihilation guardians of the galaxy early 2008 cosmic vibe to it and that's one of the reasons i'm really really loving this nice. but i gotta show you here have you read darth vader at number 13 not yet oh not yeah not there yet i <laughs> have man i have you guys haven't <laughs> i definitely have <laughs> but i'm not gonna spoil a thing yeah but Issue 12 was a weird break oh, okay. in, in the run. This picks up a new arc. Was 12 the one when he constructs the lightsaber? Yeah. Okay, so I'm one issue down. Okay. Yeah, this one is it's, it's unbelievable. The cameos, the characters we have in here. Yeah. I, I, I do. I want to say one word, but I'm not going to. <laughs> but we've it's it's awesome. Nice. It's fantastic. Nice. It picks back up right where Charles Soule left off with, with some of the other arcs. Not particularly in the story, but his the way he's constructing it, how well done the story is and how important it is for continuity and Canon, man, like just wait. And there's a tease at the end. Yeah. So much speculation. So much. It's still, it still means, means the best comic in uh, star Wars right now. Definitely. Definitely. Cause I'm even reading the Thrawn stuff. Issue number two dropped. I really like it. Mm -hmm. It's I'm still not where I am in the book. I'm about eight hours into the book. Yeah. And issue two doesn't quite get there. Yeah. So, again, the art in here is great. It's bringing a lot of context to the story. I love seeing the visualizations. So continue with that for sure as well. So comic books. Mm. One thing i got to ask you actually about Thrawn. I don't know if this is spoiler territory at all. Maybe it is going to back to issue one. And I don't know whether it takes place in the novel. They mention a reference that he met Anakin yes. at some point. I I never saw this in the Clone Wars or anything. Do you know if we've seen this before? No, or is this just in the story. That it's no, it's in the novel as well. It's in the novel because he seems to know who Anakin is. Like yeah. he says, he interacted with him. And the Emperor, when he's talking directly to Thrawn, when he when he gets brought before him, yeah, he makes reference to the fact that Anakin told him about this chiss, this yes. soldier. Yeah, and. I, I'm again, I've never watched the Clone Wars or right, anything. Never like in that. the Clone Wars. So yeah. they're retconning something and okay. I hope they elaborate on it I a bit so. more because we have this next book, this Alliance's book coming up, which is Vader and Thrawn together. Yes. Presumably sometime in this era. That's gonna be cool. So we may get some elaboration on that a little bit as well. See, and just because of that, I'll have to pick up that book now. Yeah. Like the part two. Yeah. So that'd be cool. It'll be interesting to see if he, you know, dissects Vader and figures out who he is, much like I think it's the Tarkin book. Tarkin kind of puts yeah. two and two together and realizes who. I Vader think he is. will. I think there's going to be some. I don't know if sure if it happens at the end of this book or not, but I'm guessing at some point Thrawn figures out who Vader is. Yeah. Because you look at his, his deduction skills. Yeah. What he does in the comics, what he does in Rebels, and who he is as a character from before that. If he can't put it together, then they're, they're writing the character wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in my For opinion. Sure. For sure. And then collecting. This Infinity War trailer popped me off. I had to go out and get literally Funko Pops. I went and got Captain America. I'm having a hard time finding the Thanos. Those are the only two I'm buying for this run. And then I found the Iron Spider. Nice. Thank God for the Avengers Infinity War because I was afraid I was never going to see it. I walk into the Toys R Us where I grabbed the Cap and Proxima Midnight. Gone. Ghost Town for Avengers Infinity War Legends. I'm thinking to myself, oh my, I've missed the boat here. How did I not just pick them all up? Because it was already there for you. It was all there. Yeah. 
and but no eb games came through got the iron spire the iron man i've seen a couple of the places stacked a little deep yeah. three four of them so they are going to linger as we kind of predicted based on the fact that they're two per pack you don't get a, a build, build a figure, figure piece in them no. so you'll be able to get those iron man i wouldn't worry too much about and then troy hooked me up this week also i've got a big collecting list <laughs> with the emperor's royal guard from the black series that was a wave that we really didn't see the lando qui-gon and Royal Guard Wave. We didn't see that too densely populated in toy stores here in Canada, yeah. but you're able to find kind of a random wave. Completely random when I found Rex. Yeah. It's weird. And there's a whole bunch of Phasmas from Force Awakens. Nice. Dax was is a weird one. Yeah. yeah. That's a very weird. It seems like they're just <laughs> dumping stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but, and then my wife was down in Las Vegas, slipped over a Target and grabbed me the Target exclusive Executioner Stormtrooper, the Black Series. So really, really excited about what I got this week. I get a whole pile of stuff. And again, here's the last thing, I promise. <laughs> My wife ordered me the Avengers Infinity War teaser poster, which we've got on the wall here in the nerd room. I will snap a pic and throw it up on Twitter. Super excited that. That finishes up my Avengers teaser posters with the A's. So I've nice. got all three of them. Really excited. I got one signed by Stanley, the very first one, the Assemble 2012. Nice. So my weekend nerd has been absolutely massive. And then going forward, I'm going to Disney World in a couple short days. When you hear this episode, I'll be doing the last of packing because we take off on Friday. So I oh. cannot wait. It's going to be another awesome. big weekend nerd. Can't wait. Can't wait. Awesome, man. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 been a lot of fun and you know, we're going to talk about this Infinity War. We got our tickets, but we're going to save a little bit of that discussion until a little later on in the episode. But before we kick into the news here, we've got one shout out we want to give to our dude Matthew Salvador. That's he's right. subscribed to everything in the last week or so. He's been interacting a ton with us on Twitter and YouTube, and we just want to give him a shout out, man. He get, follow this guy, Salvador Chief, on Twitter, and he's also got a YouTube page, Matthew Salvador. And he does Lego stop motion. He just dropped a video, a Lord of the Rings video. It's awesome stuff. Like mm -hmm. I'm loving what he's doing over there. Yeah, oh yeah, man. absolutely. And I asked him, like, do you do the sound effects? And he's like, yeah, I do everything. And I mean, it has scenes where they're going through water, which is super cool. And he also did a night, no, a nightfall video. Yeah, in the Batcave? Yeah, in the Batcave, yep. yeah, which is really cool, which had Deathstroke and Batman in it, so yeah. check him out. He's got something for everyone. He's got Star Wars, he's got DC, he's got Lord of the Rings. Yeah, man. Yeah, shout out to, to Matthew Salvador, man. He's killing it over there. Um, This guy's like Michael Bay when it comes to the stop motion. <laughs> like, like, seriously, he's killing it. I remember when I watched the one video when he had the um the Jedi battle going on, and there's also the... um. The Roger Roger droids yeah. in the whole laser battles and like the sound effects boom 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 going on it was really cool man yeah. like, that's that's awesome stuff um, takes some patience and it's just gonna say yeah. it takes a lot of time with that stop motion so that's unreal the Lord of the Rings one is the most recent one I checked out I was loving that and uh, man Salvador keep up the good work dude yeah, yeah absolutely yeah, great stuff Lego movies if you're listening hire this guy yeah yeah, yeah man shout he's out. bringing it yeah he's a knight of the commonwealth so he is one of us nice one but, of us exactly. one of us yeah, but we appreciate the interaction and look forward to more of his work over on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Awesome. All right, guys. We got our weekly question from Mr. Grabs Granite. Cue theme song. Grabs Granite. Grabs Granite. Grabs who? Grabs Granite. It's Grabs Granite time with your host, Tim the Toolman and Troy the Boy. Now let's give a warm welcome to our guest of honor, Grabs 
Granny! Shout out to Grabs. Yeah. <laughs> You're supposed to do a song now. No. I thought this is how this works. We I all like do Grabs too much to do that. <laughs> and the end of this, this question is very fitting for what just happened here. <laughs> he writes, the subject of this is premature certainty. Hello, Tim, Troy, and Sanjay. I can't believe you avoided not doing a, a joke there. <laughs> what, do, what do you mean? Great. <laughs> I was just waiting for it. What, what are you talking the, about? I this would, is a very serious podcast, and I would not make a joke about I something. I my finger like on the edit button. <laughs> <laughs> We've all questioned the way we view something sometime in our lives. For me, the production of Wicked is the perfect example. I left that musical questioning everything I thought I knew about Wizard of Oz. It was a game changer. It drives home the point of from a certain point of view. My question for you this week is, has there been any comics that have provided similar experiences for you? Have you started a story arc thinking you knew what was going on just to be blindsided later by that one piece of new information? What movies, TV, shows, plays, or novels have done this for you? In conclusion, can you name a comic character that you've started out disliking to eventually root for them wholeheartedly? Your friend, even through the trials of hearing Sanjay sing my theme, Grabs. <laughs> <laughs> Grabs, I'm waiting for you to do a theme song for me now. You yeah. know, it's only fair. <laughs> First of all, let's let's kick this off. Thank you very, very much, Grabs, for another awesome question. As we've said in the past, we always look forward to your questions, your weekly questions, to kind of make us think a little bit more yes. about mm-hmm. different things. So, Sanjay, I'm going to throw this one to you okay. first. Um, well, I'm going to go with the obvious one here. We all watched Star Wars. Mm-hmm. We all knew about the certain character named Darth Vader. Yes. But then the prequels came out and completely changed our perception of how we viewed the character. So, you know, that's one for me that he was like this like super evil dude, but he didn't really know too much about him. And then the prequels kind of humanized Anakin, Darth. Yeah. Uh, the other one is a more recent example, and it's the movie Coco. So you had the character of Hector, which was like a down-on-his-luck skeleton. Spoilers for Coco here. Exactly. Spoilers for Coco. If you haven't seen it, go out and watch it right now. You'll do yourself a disservice by not watching it. So you got a down-on-luck skeleton, and you're like, oh, man, this guy's kind of like a bum. He's hanging around Miguel, the little kid. And then you're like, you, you kind of like feel bad for him, but you don't really like cheer for him either. You're just like, okay, this guy's kind of annoying. And then you find out that he is Miguel's father, and great, like, great, 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 great grandfather. Great, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> great, 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 great grandfather. That's right, yeah. <laughs> and it kind of like changes your perception of the character just like that. And yeah. I was like, oh, that's super cool. So those are the, those are the two. Are we in, should I do the comic book one as sure. well? While I have the floor, a certain character by the name of Green Lantern. All right. I had this preconceived notion that he was lame because like everyone's like, oh, he can get defeated by the color yellow. I'm like, oh, that's kind of weird, but whatever. All-Star Batman or All-Star Robin. Check that scene out. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, I got to check that yeah. out. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and the movie came out with Ryan Reynolds, and it wasn't, like, the greatest movie. I got to rewatch it, but at the time, I didn't really love it. Um, so I had this, like, preconceived notion that it was pretty lame. Then I read Green Lantern Secret Origin, and I was like, whoa, this character's super cool. You know, it's like a space opera. He's going in and, like, battling. There's different planets. That completely changed my perception of the character just because I finally gave him a chance. So that's, uh, grabs, that's my answer for the week. Nice. Nice. I'm digging that, man. 
Yeah. Digging that. Well, well, Grabs, first of all, man, I got to say, uh, Wicked would probably be my all-time. I won't use it because that's yours, but I, I love that <laughs> show. I've seen that show three times. I got the soundtrack. I, I'm a big, big fan of uh, the Broadway show Can Wicked. Can you sing something for us? No, I won't do that to you guys. Why not? I won't do that to you guys. No, I can't, I can't sing it, but <laughs> the soundtrack's <laughs> incredible. Um, I love that show, so uh, shout out to Grabs for, for digging Wicked. But I'm going to go, this is a tough one because Grabs always challenges us here. And uh, I'm going to have to go Superior Spider-Man, but not for Spider-Man, for Octopus, Doc Ock. Um, he's always been the bad guy. Some will say he's be- Spider-Man's best bad guy next to uh, Green Goblin. But this story, we have we have Doc Ock switching bodies with Peter Parker. Doc Ock is now dying. Peter Parker's healthy, obviously. He doesn't know he's Peter Parker, but he knows he's Spider-Man. So he changes bodies with Spider-Man and does the whole switcheroo. As he does that... Peter Parker basically has a moment where he realizes, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to lose. Like, this is it for me. So he kind of passes on to Doc Ock, like, look, like, you're going to be Spider-Man for now on, but you got to keep up this legacy. You got to, you got to do what you got to do. Don't, don't, you know, um, do the wrong thing here. So as this is happening, as they're changing bodies here, Doc Ock realizes what Spider-Man's been through his whole career and how this guy's been holding back the whole time. He could have defeated enemies easily, but Doc Ock kind of like cherishes what Peter Parker's done, but in doing so, he's like, I'm going to be better than you. I'm going to be better than Amazing Spider-Man. I'm going to be the superior Spider-Man. And you get this whole issues one to 33 run of uh, Doc Ock always trying to outdo Spider-Man. He, he goes back to school. He, um, he becomes a doctor. He starts his own company. He becomes friends with Mayor J. Jonah at this point. But at the same time, as he's doing all this good stuff, he's also doing a lot of bad things. He leaves the Avengers. He's killing, you know, villains now too. And he's also encouraged the Green Goblin to kind of come up at the same time. So it's it's a bit of good, bit of bad going on with this arc. But it's 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 fantastic. You really get a good sense of what Doc Ock is really all about. So I can't recommend that comic book as a whole uh, enough. You really get a good perspective of that character, that villain. Um Somebody that I never really liked and then started rooting for, I'm going to have to give it up to uh, Flash. I've never really been a big Flash guy. I kind of thought, like, okay, running super fast is cool, but that's it. Like, you got the <laughs> Justice League and you got somebody that can run really fast. And it wasn't really till the CW did uh, the Flash um, coming off of the heels of Arrow. I was like, how are you going to do a Flash show? And they did the whole Speed Force. They did the whole Reverse Flash. And I love what they did with uh, with with all that stuff going on there. Um, it's It's been a great run. And I've actually liked Flash a lot more since. <clears throat> I picked up the Rebirth line for a little bit. And I really dig the characters. So uh, I'd, I'd, I'd buy a beer for this guy. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Back to last week's questions. Which, uh, which Flash do you prefer? Ezra or C-Dub? Oh, Barry Allen, Grant Gustin. Yeah. All day. I, I wasn't a fan of uh, Ezra Miller's Yeah, Flash unfortunately, me too. I think he was like my least favorite. Justice yeah. League member. Yeah. I'm but some right people really dug him. Some but... people love him. Some yeah. people think he's like the biggest hit coming out yeah. in the yeah. film. So Yeah. Yeah. As as you guys are talking through this, one thing came to mind is that the what we do here, podcasting, being heavily involved in the communities of Star Wars, Marvel, and DC, is that maybe we don't afford ourselves as much of that ability to be blindsided by things because we're so ingrained and so involved in everything that goes on. Do you ever find yourself just wowed by anything recently as far as a film or I'm, I'm racking my brain here for something that I was just like, wow, I did not see that coming. Like the thing, the first thing that comes to mind in a movie and this kind of changed the perception of Luke Skywalker for me in the last Jedi is I did not see the force projection thing like at all. I yeah. didn't catch that my first viewing. Like when that, when he disappeared, I was like, Whoa, I did not see that coming. And so it, it doesn't really reframe anything for me, but I'm trying to think of a time when I was absolutely blindsided and I can't really find something. But when I'm looking at recontextualizing or changing 
my perception of a character, I would say probably over the last two years, my perception of Darth Vader has dramatically changed. You know, you talked about him and seeing his origin story through the prequels. Rogue One, just that one scene. Oh, yeah. yeah. And this Vader comic book have completely changed how I perceive and look at Darth Vader. Nice. And it's, it's everything from the internal battle to how relentless he is to how sympathetic you can find Darth Vader. So you're not, you don't get any of that in the original trilogy, but what they've been able to do with Vader and I haven't read Lords of the Sith yet, but I'm, I'm loving it. This is a character that I've always loved. One of my favorites from the original trilogy, but everything about Vader has been flipped on its head for me in the last year and a half or so since Rogue One really came out. That scene blew me away. We never saw Vader like that. No. And we've never seen Vader like we've seen him in this comic book. You look back at the original Vader run in between A New Hope and Empire, the original Marvel when they first came out of the gates with the, the new comics. Oh, the 2015-14 one? Yeah, you yeah. don't get much out of there for Vader. It's very what you'd expect. Yeah. This is unbelievable. The struggle. It's It changes Vader. Every comic book, and you know when I talk about this, the TSW guys, Rob and Mark, we talk about how it reframes everything that you're watching. Even the Inquisitors. I did not like these characters at all in and Rebels. Rebels. Yeah. I thought they were brutal. They didn't make sense. It wasn't part of my Star Wars. Two issues of Charles Soule's run and Darth Vader completely turned that on its head. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of them. I love how they integrated them way back with the Emperor and Vader and how Vader treats them and how they've they've taken these characters from very Disney-esque Star Wars and ingrained them back into what I would consider my Star Wars. We've referred to that as my Star Wars as some sort of perception of what we think as, as fans or individuals, what Star Wars should look like, what stories they should tell. They've been able to do a lot in just this comic book run. So that's probably going to be like my, my grabs is wicked. Nice. It's what they've done with Vader recently. And I I absolutely love it. And when I'm looking at a character that from the comics, at least that maybe I didn't like, and then, ended up rooting for i'd have to say i'd have to say maybe iron man like i've always liked the character i never read a lot of iron man comic books Mm -hmm. but then when i went back and started reading the run where he was fighting malekith um i can't remember who was writing that at that time iron man fighting the malekith yeah okay it was a whole 10 rings thing and all this is and it was right before superior iron man and all that but i've kept up with iron man ever since then like i it was a book that i never wanted to read but I found myself continuing to buy Iron Man books because the character of Tony Stark continued to intrigue me. Yeah. How they're adapting him and changing him. And to this day, I'm still reading Iron Man books. That's kind of the one anomaly for me in my comic book reading. I've always read Guardians. I've always read Cap. And I've always read Avengers. But that's the one that really sticks out to me as being in my in my long boxes. That's, that's the runs that I'm like, this doesn't really... It fits, of course, into the Avengers theme. But yeah. it's a character that I never on purpose went out to read until... I can't, it was that Malekith arc. I even like the Superior Iron Man yeah, stuff. The Bendis. The Bendis the stuff. Kind of and stuff. I've gone back and, and reread some of that. Yeah. So that, that's how probably the character. It's kind of an unusual pick because it seems to fit within my catalog of comic book reading. Right. But at the same time, it's a character that I didn't want to read and always end up buying the comic book when it comes out. Yeah. So I think, I think that kind of core. Is there anything for, as far as movies or TV or shows or anything like that that have done this for you? Like, the novels. I'm trying to think from the novel perspective. Lost Stars is another one for me. Well, Lost Stars, yeah, that's 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 a home run. I guess you could always go back to even um, 
guess Dexter because it really puts you in the mindset yeah. of a villain. Yeah. But you're rooting for this character every episode. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he's, yeah. He's bad to the bone. He takes out the bad guys, but he's no different himself. So yeah. I guess I could always throw in Dexter. Um, I'd go Lord of the Rings, Gollum, and uh, Smeagol. Is it? It's been a yeah. long time since yeah. I've seen these movies, yeah. so I'm sorry. But uh, you know, at the beginning of Lord of the Rings, when he's like this like terrifying figure, you're just like, oh man, this guy's like such a jerk hole. And then when you find out his backstory and how he was just a hobbit himself, and then like he just went river up. person, river person, boys that green door will kill you, ads will kill you. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't touch that one. It's been yeah, a long time. <laughs> it's been a long time since I've seen these movies. Um, so yeah, you know, it humanized maybe not humanized, but uh, it definitely brought like a sympathy to the character. It made you say, "Oh, you know, this guy isn't such a you know, he's just a." sympathetic character is a tragedy as opposed to just a jerk hole well even um killing joke uh yeah. Joker, you can kind of you have a little sympathy for oh, the character yeah. too right that's right you know him going from a stand-up comedian and then he loses his pregnant wife and then he gets you know dropped into ace chemicals and um he does the whole red hood gang kind of mm-hmm. like heist job that goes bad so i mean i guess you kind of count that as an origin story it's never really been confirmed or not but yeah yeah, I guess that book does it for me. I think it ha- it was confirmed because like Barbara Gordon. Barbara Gordon, yeah, was in a wheelchair for that's all right. those years until yeah. New Fifty Two like changed it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. yeah, this is what grabs does to us. Yeah. It's got us constantly thinking in new ways. Every time I read these questions, I'm like, I have an idea, but I don't know if it fits right. And that that's why I love getting these. It's, yeah. it's yeah. it brings like I always say every week a new dynamic to the table. So yes. grabs, thank you very much. Keep them coming. Hopefully we answered that with some sort. Yeah. Of, you know. uh, <laughs> yeah, and you know grabs is like the taskmaster. Master, you know he's like the ch- he's like a chess champion. He's like he's pulling the strings with us. He's playing chess, and we're out there playing checkers. Yeah, man. <laughs> and, and, and grabs, you're listening out there. You got to DM me. Let me know your your top Broadway shows, man. This is cool. I didn't know this guy was all about Broadway shows. I'm I'm really intrigued here. So ah, that's awesome. Yeah, thanks Wicked, for the question. Wicked is dope. Oh, I love it. I man. love it too. Yeah. yeah, I love it. Look at Alphabet uh, in a different way. Did you go to the Spider Man Broadway show? I did. I saw that in New York. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah, I saw yeah. it in New York. What did you think? Um, I have my Spider-Man glasses on the whole time. It's horrible. <laughs> when I take those glasses off, you know, um, anything Spider-Man I love, but it's, it's not the best. It's not the best. They do some pretty cool things with the stage, how it like sets up where Spider-Man's like going up the building. Green Goblin though, and I think the Lizard Carnage, they're all wacky in that one. It's very more the, um, Sam Raimi kind of look okay. of the Spider-Man, but it's, it's all over the place. Cool. You two did the production. They did, uh, the, the music, which was oh, awesome. pretty cool. There's some okay songs in there. The costumes are awesome. There's like seven or eight different Spider-Men. So you get this constant web swinging of other heroes. Well, other actors playing as Spider-Man. So you get that illusion. Cool. Web swinging. It was cool. Yeah, that's, that, that's cool. a rare that's moment awesome. for them to actually have seen that. Yeah. yeah. And, and nobody got hurt, which is great. Oh, because when great. that show started off, a lot of people were getting injured. Yeah. Oh, that's so, right. Yeah. yeah. It's a web swing, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. It's time for us to jump into the news section. This week, we're going to kick it off with some Star Wars. Let's talk about The Last Jedi. We've, we've mentioned this and talked about this a few times in the last couple of weeks. But we're finally going to get to watch it at home. It has been released digitally. So you can get it on iTunes or whatever, any provider you have there, Amazon on whatever but the hard copy the steel book the blu-ray and all that is dropping next week so very exciting sanjay's got what four copies on order yeah four copies on order <laughs> two for you goombas and uh <laughs> i got one for myself and then one because 
you know, sometimes when they get shipped, they get dented, so you always got to have that insurance. Yes. <laughs> I can't believe you have fortune on your ass. Well, thank you very much for grabbing those. But Den of Geeks posted recently the bonus features, as did a myriad of other websites. But I just want to kind of run through some of these. Not in a ton of detail, but basically what we're going to get on the Blu-ray as far as extras. This is something we're always looking towards for Star Wars because we always want just that little bit more knowledge on how they put things together. And then there's always the deleted scenes. How will they affect? Are they part of canon? Probably not because they're not included. But at the end of the day, it's a lot of fun going through this. So what we got here on The Last Jedi for bonus features. We've got one, the director and the Jedi go deep behind the scenes with writer-director Ryan Johnson on an intimate personal journey through the production of the film. So this is going to be really interesting. Trying to get some more of Ryan Johnson's perspective on why he did certain things. He seems to have, in the last six months or so, since the film came out, whatever it's been, three months, he's explained a lot of what he's done to try to rationalize, or maybe not rationalize, but clarify is probably the best yeah. word, the reasons he took certain decisions and went certain directions with characters so this may provide a little bit more of that which is going to be cool i want to hear more from ryan johnson because we have this new trilogy coming up they're working on it i want to get into this guy's head a little more to try to anticipate what we're going to see in the future in the future of star wars yeah yeah um <laughs> I, I still need some more convincing so i'm always down to hear what he has to say to uh you know to smooth everything over with The Last Jedi. So I, it's always great, any film, to, to hear where the director's mindset was and what their vision was, yeah. you know, to put these to bring these films to life. So um, that's probably one of my favorite things on any Blu-ray extra mm -hmm. is to listen to what the director had to do. So. Yeah. Is there any uh, commentary that you've watched recently that you remember that stood out for you being really cool? Um, I always go back to the prequels, listening yeah. to the commentary of George Lucas, and I can't remember who else is on there. But I, I still say to this day, the, the prequels, whether you like them or not, you cannot knock the the extras you get. The extra content on there is yeah. is awesome. Whether it's the choreography, uh, I think there's some John Williams stuff, oh, uh, cool. set designs, all that stuff. And then the commentary is is fantastic. Sam Raimi's um, Spider-Man trilogy, that's some pretty cool commentary too. Cool. As well. Yeah. I'll have to check those out. Yeah. 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 And then we also have got scene breakdowns. So lighting the spark, creating the space battle. So up Coop. Get an up-close look at the epic space battles. We've got Snoke and Mirrors, motion capture, and stars collide as the filmmakers take us through the detailed process of creating the movie's malevolent master villain, as well as showdown on crate. So looking at how they created that environment, very unique environment, very white, and then big red pops. So it's going to be interesting to see. We've seen some of that in the behind-the-scenes reel that we got at Celebration or wherever it was. But I'm looking forward to a little bit more of that. And then the next one here, I'm I, this is the one that I, I, one of the ones I really want to see. It's Andy Circus Live, One Night Only. Writer-director Ryan Johnson presents two exclusive sequences from the movie featuring Andy Circus's riveting raw on-set performance before his digital makeover into Snoke. Cool. This is going to be really cool to see. I'm a huge fan of Andy Serkis and the work he's done, both motion, motion capture, the stuff he did in Black Panther. So this guy is a legend. He's a master. But to see him just performing this way, it's something you don't always get. We've got some of it from the Planet of the Apes stuff. Yeah. But I'm looking forward to him just doing the voice, sitting there, and really seeing if I can see Snoke through his facial expressions, how much they've mirrored what he's done outside of the voice and the general movements. Yeah. 
no, that's that is cool. That's really cool. Um, he's such a, a master of his craft. What this guy's done, and uh, it's it's groundbreaking every time he he gets behind this motion caption. Whether it's King Kong, this, or you mentioned him before in Lord of the Rings. I won't mm -hmm. mention his Gollum. name. Gollum. Yeah. Um, it's not Harry Potter. It's not he who shall not be named. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, he, he's awesome. So to see this guy go at it live, oh, that's that's gonna be cool. It's probably gonna make me want Snoke back even more. So. Yeah. so but yeah, that, that's cool. I can't. Yeah. See that. Cool. Yeah. And then we've got the audio commentary, as we've kind of already mentioned, and then the deleted scenes. Now, I'm not going to go into too much detail because I know some people like to experience these raw, unfiltered, so that they don't have that bias or preconceived, preconceived notion of what exactly they are. So I'm just going to list them just to give an idea of what they are. So the first one is a different Phasma showdown. So yeah. a bit more detail into the Finn Phasma battle. Did you see that one yet? I have not seen it. I know that one's posted. They showed that on the Star Wars show this past yeah, week. Yeah, it's on IGN, I think. Yeah, yeah. I have not looked at that okay. one. There's a BB-8 reveals Ray's goodbye. So this happens. This is an interaction between BB-8 and Finn. Mm. While Finn was kind of unconscious. There's oh. a message. So, and then Ray and the Raiders of the Caretaker Village. So this one's going to be on... Uh, act two with Ray and Luke, right, and it's meant, yeah, it's yeah. meant to kind of give a perception of of Luke and how he doesn't really care about a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> heard about that one. Yeah. yeah, and then there's Luke mourning Han. So this is the one that I think probably should have been in the film itself. I believe Ryan Johnson says it really hurt him to take this out of the film, but it's an emotional moment with Luke Skywalker and his mourning. There's a really cool scene in there, as I've seen it explained, which I won't spoil. But this looks like it's going to be probably something that we wished was in the film. That just brief emotional moment. And then there's the supremacy infiltration. So there's a bit more on Rose and them going into the supremacy of the big Snoke ship. Oh. And kind of them getting all in disguise. And apparently there's a bit of a comedic moment associated with that. Oh, well, I'm glad that was cut back. <laughs> <laughs> Less so, comedy in this yes. movie. <laughs> <laughs> this scene actually sounds kind of funny. Yeah. It, it ties into a slightly larger piece of canon that I'm a little oh, excited about to see. Okay. So we'll go from there. But overall, that that's more or less it from The Last Jedi. What we're anticipating coming to us next week because none of us bought the digital copy i'm looking forward to the digital end yeah. of it by like having the hard copy for sure of the star wars films uh when a movie gets released you know it goes through several phases you got the teaser trailer you got the first trailer final trailer you see it in theaters for the first time you see it at home for the first time like you take the disc you buy it or you download it or whatever which uh, phase of the movie are you most excited for? When, like, say there's a movie anticipated coming out, um, we'll use uh, the new Star Wars Episode Nine that hasn't come out yet. Which phase are you most excited for? You know, the first time we see the trailer, the first time you see it in theaters, or the first time you see it at home? Oh, theater, always. Yeah? Theater-going experience, yeah, for me. Yeah, that that's a tough one, you know, because there's part of me that enjoys the build-up to a film almost mm -hmm. as much as I like watching the film itself. Sitting here every week discussing Infinity War, these trailers that we're going to get into, or this trailer we're going to get into, buying the action figures, the anticipation of everything going in, speculating, trying to figure out what's going on, seeing these little hints of characters that are going to be in the film and how it could tie to the greater continuity. There's part of me that enjoys that that innocence as it relates mm -hmm. to the experience because we haven't seen anything and seen how it plays out i think to me that is probably on par with me actually watching the film you think about the think about the last jedi right yeah oh yeah so our anticipation level going into that 
was enormous or the oh, force yeah. awakens or yes. anything like that it, it's always the build-up we spend a year plus <laughs> yeah thinking about all this putting time effort and collecting everything so i enjoy that i think almost as much nice. because the movie in itself i i love always love going to the the movies watching these films Absolutely. watching the creations but that's two and a half hours yeah yeah we get 365 plus days sometimes waiting for some of this stuff to come out and to me that that experience is almost I, i'm 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 really it's a really close <laughs> yeah i don't sure which would i tip yeah. but i'm right now i'm leaning more towards the anticipation the build up to nice cool what's yours uh, i'm of course the whole movie guy so i'm gonna say the whole movie because you know, on home movie is when movies really take on a life of their own because that's when they have the most shelf life obviously because the movie's out and then you can watch it again and again and again and the thing that's really cool with home movies is several times because you have the chance to watch it again and again you pick up on subtle cues that you missed in the theater or you know you miss that you haven't seen before or hadn't th- thought of before and a lot of times movies that get you know kind of crapped on in the theater movie like um the shining you know got nominated for like razzie awards for worst director but now if you ask any horror fan it's always in everyone's top 10 so i mean the whole movie experience is where we'll most likely remember the movie as opposed to just the theater but i do like all three so i mean it's cool it's cool that we all came up with different answers yeah a A, a wide spectrum here the whole spectrum interesting enough yeah. So continue here with Star Wars, Forces of Destiny. Now, I know this isn't exactly meant for us. It's animated shorts that are posted on YouTube, later air on Disney, and usually focus in more around the heroines. I'm saying it doesn't. it's not for us because it's more directed at younger children. But they do matter for canon. They're considered canon or soft canon, however you want to point at this. Basically, they're, they're there until the films decide that they want to break whatever they discussed in here but they tend up but they have a tendency to fall in between some of the major films and there's there's just some cool ones that they dropped here so season two part one just dropped this past week on march 19th so actually today as we record and the rest will be shown on disney channel on march 25th the nice thing about these is that we've got some scene descriptions i'm not going to go into detail or spoil any of these things but we're just going to talk about some of the characters. So again, maybe I will say spoilers if you're waiting for these and wanting, because we're going to talk about key characters that are in them just briefly here. So they're usually centered around one or two characters. The first episode here is centered around Hera and Sabine, which is pretty cool. The next is Ahsoka and Anakin going back to Clone Wars days. We've got a Canto bite sequence, which I know you're going to love, Troy and Sanjay. <laughs> so this is really focused around in Finn and Rose. There's a young Jin episode which will be really cool something that we haven't really seen there is the book that focuses in around some of that her more teenage years with sajuera there's a pre the force awakens ray there's a luke on dagobah with yoda so there's a sequence there part of the training sequence there's a ray and the porgs and probably the most significant one here actually i will shout out sorry the dagobah one with luke it's hamill returning to voice luke skywalker in empire strikes back so that's pretty cool but the big one i'm going to point out here is they go into some detail on maz kanata from the force awakens her involvement in the pre-return of the jedi raid on Jabba's palace to help han solo so without going into any more detail than that they're taking maz they're putting her as a, a fixture within the original trilogy and having interaction with chewie lando leia luke pretty cool yeah 
that's awesome. This is what I've been wanting so much. This is what I think Dave Filoni, I know this isn't Dave, I don't think Dave Filoni does for us. No. He doesn't do this, but this is what he's been doing so well in the Rebels series is tying things together. And this to me seems like something Dave Filoni would do is by throwing Maz in there, this connects that tissue. This connects the OT trilogy with the sequel trilogy. And um, it's so cool that we're getting her back there to do that. Like, it makes sense that you get to see her have some involvement with bringing together their their, their blueprint, their plan in doing the whole Jabba's Palace yeah. kind of raid. Um, is it Lapita Nuango that's voicing Maz? Because she does the intro. Yeah, I'm right? not 100% sure, but they did have fairly good consistency in season one with getting the actual voice actors right. or the actors that portrayed them in live action to come back and do that. Actually, Eckstein came back and did yeah, Ahsoka. Ahsoka. We've got Hamill returning here as Luke. So I'm going to say yes. I'm not 100% on that. I think so, but I, I don't yeah. see why she wouldn't. Yeah. And the Luke one. That's big, yeah. big news. I mean, first of all, it's Luke Skywalker. It's Mark Hamill. Second of all, this guy is incredible at voice acting. That's his yeah. bread and butter. Oh, so yeah. to have him paired up with Yoda, going back to Dagobah, this is really cool, man. Yeah. I mean, that's... You know, you think of classic 80s training montages. It's it's Rocky, it's Jean-Claude Van Damme, Bloodsport, and it's Mark Hamill training yeah. in Dagobah, right? Yeah. Like you can't go wrong with that. Yeah, yeah. So it, cool. it's great stuff. Two, three minutes, not much time there. They're nice to show the younger Star Wars generation to yeah. how to get them into it. So maybe give the daughter a little. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm so. all about that. Yeah, and you know what you're all about? Moving uh, on here with the news. Uh, I have a few things I'm about. Yeah. But, uh... Still books, no. But DC, this is this <laughs> is your real bread and butter here, Sanjay. We, we kind of didn't have much DC news <laughs> last week, but this week we got some really exciting news coming yeah. from the DC Extended Universe. New Gods, a film that I have no idea what's going to be about. <laughs> I'm going to rely on you guys to discuss here what and kind of enlighten me here what this is actually going to be about. But the exciting point about this is it's one, been confirmed, and two, Ava DuVernay, the director of Selma and A Wrinkle in Time, has confirmed that she will indeed be directing this adaptation of what I believe is Jack Kirby characters, correct? Yeah, written and drawn by Jack Kirby. Yeah, Yeah. I think I was like, he had wanted to do this with Marvel for like the longest time. And I think it was Stan Lee and Marvel was like, no, 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 like, don't do this. And then he left Marvel, among some other things, went to DC, and it's from there that he created these characters called the New Gods. So the New Gods is super cool. Troy, might you probably know more about this than I do because I don't really read the books. Um, I just kind of know what I've known throughout the years read, uh, thinking about them. Um, but so there's two planets, Apocalypse and New Genesis, and they're constantly at war with each other. So Apocalypse is like this hell world. New Genesis is kind of like greek mythology like it's got gardens it's got like waterfalls it's really like like a heaven if you will and so they're constantly in battle and so they come up with this plan for peace and what the plan is is both kings or rulers of the planet they're gonna exchange their firstborn sons to the other party so that way they would try hope to bring peace to both worlds um and so mr miracle was born in a new genesis and then he gets sent to apocalypse And I can't remember... Orion gets switched from Darkseid. That's right. So Apocalypse to uh, New Genesis. That's right, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. so it's super cool. Like a really interesting uh, concept, but very like out there um, in terms of like the artwork is super cool because, I mean, he's the king, Jack King Kirby. Yeah. yeah. And that's what's really cool is the director, um, even though Wrinkle in Time didn't get the best reviews, a lot of people said it's visually stunning. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what you need is a visionary director like her in order to bring these characters to life. Yeah. Yeah, well put. Yeah, no, I, I don't know, like, a ton load like you do there, but I, I'm more 
in reference of Oron's origin, yeah. just going off of the New 52 run when he teams up with um, Wonder Woman That's in, right. that, in that early run, which is so cool. But this really is like DC's kind of Star Wars, you know? Yeah. Like this, is, this came out before Star Wars. And and, and Kirby left uh, Marvel to do this project. And he's like, I'm going to leave Thor, basically, and give you guys new gods. And he he went to work on it. It's, it's a pretty cool run going on there. But I think it's like... I don't know if this is a coincidence. Like we, we're coming off of uh, your movie, Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. Which is huge, which is very Kirby influenced. I made right? that. <laughs> <laughs> right? So is this is this DC's answer to be like, whoa, maybe the time is now. Like, yeah. let's do this. Like, it worked in Thor. Can we kind of do something similar? And then you have someone like Hibbert Duvenet with uh, her visuals from uh, Wrinkle in Time. Mm-hmm. So you piece those things together. Um, the writer, though, I'm not really familiar with. That's the, that's no. the other thing. I don't. I don't really I know can't much recall who's writing it. Yeah. Um, I tried looking them up, but I couldn't really find much. Oh, so okay. That's always comforting. I think, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's what kind of worries me here. Yeah. And it's DC. You know, they've kind of been hit or miss with these announcements. Mm-hmm. Right? So, uh, but all around, man, I've been asking for New Gods for a while since they mentioned uh, Darkseid, I believe. That's in right. BVS. Is that when we got well, the... We got the Omega sign. The Omega, we got the Omega sign, right? Yeah. yeah. So I've been like, oh, we need a New Gods film. And I just I just want to see Oron done right. I think right? that'd be so cool. Very Kirby-esque. And get Big Barda in there. Mr. Miracle yeah. in there. It could be it could be a good time. And and this could be so different from what we've had already in the DCU. We could just go away from all that stuff. Yeah. You don't have to worry about connecting anything. Heck, you could see Stephen Wolf. You might not. Who cares? Yeah. Really, there's so much more you can do. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, the really cool thing is, as you said, Dark Side. You yeah. know? Thanos is coming out in Infinity War. Thanos is actually based off Dark Side, so I'm not saying who's better. Well, e- even Vader in some ways. Yeah, even Darth oh, Vader. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, Dark Side is kind of like the biggest bad I think the DC has. Him or Anti Monitor, yeah, I would or, say. Or, or uh, Brainiac, even. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's super exciting times. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually really interested in this because I'm, I'm a huge fan of abstract cosmic yeah. and all that. But the question I have to ask for you guys here is is one, if we're going to connect this into the DC Extended Universe, we've got that reference to Darkseid with the Omega symbol. We've got Steppenwolf. Parademons. Yeah, Parademons. Yeah. And we even go back to what was done in Wonder Woman with, I'm presuming those are the old gods. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, those yeah. are just like your Greek gods, I guess, Zeus. Yeah, I think they even had like other gods, because wasn't there like an Aztec god in there, it looked like? I just watched it the other day. I didn't see that. I, I, maybe there is. Maybe oh, there yeah, is. I saw that as yeah. Justice League, yeah. Yeah, so, Justice League, yeah. yeah. But, um... I think they really need to take an opportunity to tie all of this together so that they're, again, going back to the Winter Soldier effect, can they use <laughs> this to make some of that stuff a bit more relevant to the entirety of the DC Extended Universe? My only fear with this, and not to be the Debbie Downer on this, because I'm I'm excited about this. The, the director looks awesome, and the concept looks pretty cool. Yeah. But is it a concept for comic book lovers? Is it too abstract and too much for a common moviegoer at this point in this universe. And I get, yeah, we've gone to all sorts of crazy places with all sorts of films. Like, you, you take anything that's supposed Guardians. to be... Guardians. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Guardians was set up in a universe that was established. Right. But but you could watch it without even knowing anything. You could. Yeah. yeah. You very yeah. well yeah. could, yes. But what are your thoughts on that? Is it, like, this is just me trying to get my head around right. some of the more abstract concepts that we're probably going to see in here. If you've got Ava DuVernay trying to bring home with the visualization, you've got already something that's established that... I'm not saying Jack Kirby was on acid when he wrote some of this, but it's probably pretty close though. to some yeah. of it. And, but it's no different than you go back and you look at Infinity Gauntlet and all those stories, right? The yeah. Jim Starling stuff. Yeah. Like, I'm, again, I'm not saying he was on it, but... <laughs> Doctor Strange. He was in proximity, Doctor, yeah, Doctor right? Strange is yeah. a good one, because like, if you, if you would have told me 
25 years ago that we would have a Doctor Strange Ant-Man movie that pulled in over 200 million. Yeah. I would have thought you're crazy. Yeah. I think times have changed. Um, any comic book character is fair game nowadays. Mm-hmm. We're talking about anyone from Dazzler to, I don't even know, anyone. Uh, uh, what's the name? Legion. I mean, Legion. I know it's a small screen, but that thing blew up even. And that's yeah. Legion. Like, uh, Legion has more respect right now than the rest of the other X-Men characters yeah. on the big screen. Yeah, like, right? That's, that's crazy. I think for this film, though, I, I think they have to... Honestly, market it away from all the DCs because it just hasn't been working. Like, mm-hmm. Batman was very marketable uh, throughout the Justice League and it didn't work. Like, mm-hmm. that's Batman. I think in this case, you just got to, like, market this film as its own thing. It can connect, for sure, make it connect. Yeah. But just make it stand out on its own, very much kind of like Guardians, even though Guardians did come from better studio or a more... Um, Productive studio. I'll least. kill you. No, I'm <laughs> Martha, man. Martha. <laughs> but, okay, okay. We're good. We're good. We're, our mothers have the same name. We're okay. We can take that lightly now. <laughs> but I, I feel like this movie just needs to stand on its own and um, and, and take the right kind of risks. I, I really feel like that Thor kind of angle just, just works. Because um, even Thor was coming off of a bad reputation, even though, again, it was mm-hmm. in Marvel. So it, yeah. it has that kind of golden boy status. But the two other films prior were... were my opinion I didn't even like part one that much and yeah. part two wasn't that great but I know a lot of people like Thor one so yeah yeah yeah, yeah I think what they they need to do and this is something that's a quote I can't remember where it came from somewhere on the internet I don't know if it was AMC guys or what but if you can deliver a film that people want and that's good people will go and see it yeah. mm-hmm. and that's that's really all you need right you look at the characters that have been produced in the last five years from Marvel you wouldn't have we're going to talk about it in a minute here, but you would never have predicted that Black Panther is going to be on the cusp of becoming the biggest comic book film of all time. Right. Yeah. Right. And may hold that status until later on this year. But at the same time, it's a solo individual character that didn't have that same recognition or that name recognition that an Iron Man or Captain America in present day does. Yeah. It's not a Spider-Man. It's not an X-Men. Exactly. So it can be done. It just has to be done well. And you take a visionary director like Ava Janae, mm-hmm. you can get there. Yeah. So I'm excited to see this stuff. I'm excited to see what the next step is for DC because they seem to be moving into this frame of mind where let's give a creator a film. Yeah. Let's give a writer or, or someone that has the ability to craft a universe, something different, something visually spectacular. Mm-hmm. And I think that can work with something like The New God. So very exciting stuff. The, the only other one thing I have to say, though, about this is I'm worried about the budget. Because oh, to bring this yeah. to life is going to be huge. And we saw what kind of budget happened with uh, Justice League, and it didn't work out so well. So yeah. that's going to be tricky because you can't really cut corners with the production of a no. movie like this. Yeah, this has to be done, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Totally agree, totally agree. Speaking of DC movies, we got Shazam. Yeah. We got the official movie card and the teaser poster came out. So WonderCon is this weekend. There's a live Q&A coming out tomorrow. So this will happen before the podcast drops. Uh, with the cast and director, uh, teaser trailer maybe, or suit reveal, official suit reveal, just on the horizon, and potential Aquaman trailer this weekend, or attached to Ready Player One. So keep your eye out for that. Is Ready Player One WB? Yeah. 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 I have feeling that... If you're the way you've set that all up, we should get a Aquaman teaser that will attach to that. Like that's a good way to get. I don't know how well Ready Player One's gonna do, but uh, I've heard that uh, it's dropped a lot. Initially, the first uh, numbers coming out were 180 million 
but that since dropped to 120 million. I can't remember. Do you know? Was that on my list or was it your guys' Mine. list? It was. Well, it was on yours. Yeah, I just. Oh, I'm gonna boy. post it on Twitter. I just did a, a bar graph of everything. Oh, oh really? Troy, you're running away with it. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should cut his last movie to make it fair. Yeah. He I, only I, gets four. I think I should get Infinity War. That, I looked at my list. It's pathetic. I'm done. Like I'm already done. Like okay, what if if our five movies combined don't beat Black Panther? We should have to like do something. They, it will be Black Panther. Ten movies. <laughs> if no, Sol- like each, if like Solo our- plus Jurassic World doesn't be the total gross of, well, I mean, we might not. I don't know. We'll yeah. see. <laughs> well, that's exciting stuff. I'm looking forward to an Aquaman trailer and even seeing some more Shazam stuff. When's that come out? 2019? Uh, 20, 2019. That's pretty yeah. early though, right? You think if we get a trailer, you say Nick this week? No, no, no trailer for Aquaman. Trailer for Aquaman and sorry, uh, probably just a suit reveal. That's what I'm saying. Like you're saying yeah. we might get a trailer for Aquaman. Yeah, Aquaman comes out December. Right, so that's, yeah. that's pretty early though because people gonna forget about that if you put a, a, a trailer for aquaman for a christmas time movie so it's march end of march by the time it comes early. out so you still got uh, nine months yeah a long yeah. time but you have to think too do you put an aquaman trailer out now have people mm-hmm. talk about it for two weeks and then then you've got this like crazy run of films like infinity war people solo forget, yeah. yeah but it's not about it's like the venom thing right it's get yeah. the name out there prior to any other big film taking up that space yeah black panther's starting to <sighs> relatively yeah. wind down compared to itself yeah <laughs> you know you got a couple weeks here, out here to infinity war i agree you might get lost in the yeah. mix but if you can create a bit of hype around two new films being shazam and aquaman yeah. it's probably one of the better times to do it when does shazam come out uh april 2019 because i mean at least for venom what has it going even though it's a separate uh studio it is sony most people still think it's marvel anyways especially right. when you have the tag coming out with the marvel yeah. so people still think ah it's part of that universe, Black Panther, um, Infinity War, cool. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know. Well, I guess we'll have to see. It better be one hell of a teaser. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. It should yeah. just be Aquaman just standing there. My man. <laughs> <laughs> Hair blowing. Yeah, I'd watch that. Uh, you brought up an interesting point about Venom. Um, are we all done with DC? Yeah, yeah, we can move into Marvel. All right, let's talk a little bit about Venom. Cool. So let's recent rumor that I heard, I don't know how much truth there is, but the movie, because it has a low budget, Venom will not actually turn into Venom until the very end of the movie. Well, he'll finally wear the suit. It's like I, the Power Rangers kind of effect. Yeah. So that's, what are you guys' thoughts on that? That's funny. I read an article on comicbookmovie.com today that said that there's going to be a lot of Venom in, in the film. Oh, really? Because that's where I pulled it. Was that? Oh, maybe I misread it. Maybe it said there isn't going to be a lot of Venom. <laughs> Let me just pull it up right now. Uh, well, I... That's that's an interesting thing because we, we speculate a lot that on that first teaser trailer they didn't show anything because nothing was done yeah. with regards to the Venom suit and you don't want to show an unfinished product because we've seen how that's turned out in the past. Yes. Yes, and it shouldn't. It shouldn't. Yeah. Okay, so I read it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But yeah, I, I don't know how I exactly feel about that because it's essentially going to be some sort of war movie then I would guess or secret. Like what mm-hmm. is... I think they said it would just be um, the main villain isn't an actual comic book character. It's a scientist who also has the symbiote. No, apparently it's going to be like a scientist who also has symbiote. Played by the guy that played Bogey, right? Bogey, yeah. In um, Rogue One. I I believe. Okay, okay, yeah. Yeah, Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, Um, yeah, so I don't know. The thing to me is if this movie doesn't do well – we probably won't get a sequel. See, that's kind of trash then because <laughs> for, for me, like, you know, uh, we, we talked about it before with identities. You know, you have your Tony Starks, then you have your Iron Man, yeah. you have your Peter Parker, you have your Spider-Man, and they're both interesting. 
I'm sorry to say though, Eddie Brock isn't that interesting without the Venom. Like I don't right. want a movie of 70%, 80% Eddie Brock, and then I'm getting a little bit of, of Venom. Like Venom is by far more intriguing oh, yeah. than oh, Eddie yeah. Brock, right? Yeah. Especially if they can nail the suit. Exactly. Yeah. You see, it's different when you do Agent Venom because they've established Flash Thompson already, what he's been through being a war vet. He's lost his limbs. Like there's so many different layers to that character. So when he's not in the suit, it's okay. Like you're interested. Yeah. But with Eddie Brock, especially if he's not tied with Peter Parker, then you're kind of in like a danger zone. It's yeah. just gonna fade into like a Tom Hardy action thriller type thing, right? Yeah. That has yeah. a weird comic book twist at the end. Right, a little bit of a chronicle ish. Yeah, oh, so yeah. That, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. But you can't have it Venom in your title card be the Venom head. Yeah. Exactly. And then not have Venom in the film. So that's the difficult I don't know how else you approach that, but is it just purely because the story story doesn't serve it, they want a sequel? Or the budget isn't big enough to do half and half. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting because you look at a movie like Deadpool, the budget wasn't huge, but they nailed that suit. Yeah, but the really the only CG they had in there, most of that is practical, Colossus. is the yeah. eyes. Yeah. Right? yeah, that's true. Yeah, they had the yeah. eyes in, they may clean it up a bit, yeah. and then there's Colossus, which Colossus, has only got yeah. like 10 minutes of screen yeah. time. And they may even make fun of the fact that they don't have a budget because you don't yeah. see the X-Men characters. You yeah, exactly. Have hilarious. a whole bunch yeah. of ammo to shoot things up, right? Yeah. So. <laughs> you got one. Yeah. 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 I forgot my guns in the cab. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. That's I heard cool. that isn't getting the greatest, but then I heard something opposite where it is getting really good. Yeah. Early, cool? early testing yeah. reviews. They're in the middle. They're reshooting right now yeah really? so i've just yeah. uh, heard some stuff um floating through the interwebs that you know originally it didn't get very good reviews but now they're saying it actually scored better than the first deadpool from the audience score and the reshoots was actually only six days so it was just some stuff to add some minor things that, that a cameo audience is really yeah like a cameo and stuff that audiences really love yeah. so hmm. yeah we'll see we'll see, we'll see. Yeah. that got pushed up right like yeah, already. it got yeah. It's May eighteenth now, so it's oh. in between Infinity War and Solo. Solo, and I think that's maybe not because Infinity War is scared of Deadpool. They wanted three weeks of themselves, right? So Deadpool moved up to get away from Solo, and then Infinity War moved to give themselves a bit more breathing room from Deadpool. So Sanjay still wears the suit. Wow, yes, still I wears mean... the suit. That <laughs> is the bottom line. Sivaka, <laughs> I believe, on Twitter said, "Sorry, Ben." It stands. Yeah. Uh, yeah that's right. right the homemade cosplay is coming out. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I was listening to the Tumbling Saber today. They did shout out that you would make a good Chewbacca. Actually, our man Chop Rules with a Z. Corey said, I think Sanjay may make a good Chewbacca nice. at some point later on in May. Yeah. Does he know how short I am? No, it doesn't matter. Now. <laughs> you got to own it. <laughs> I got to like stand on soup cans or something. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm not even the, tall, I'm the shortest person in this room. Like. You, you gave yourself an extra two inches by standing on soup cans three inches every inch counts tim this is true true. wait for it oh no edit there (laughs) anyways let's talk a bit about black panther we've done this for the last five weeks in a row because of how this film is performing for a fifth straight week black panther is number one at the box office now the last film to do this was avatar in 2009 And the last comic book film or superhero film to do this was 40 years ago with Superman number one. Where I believe it stayed eight weeks at number one. That was 78, 79, correct? Uh, 78, yeah. I don't remember when it was released, so... 
Yeah, so I believe it was Superman was the last one to do more than or five weeks or more at That's number crazy. one at the box office. So no film in recent history within the, the development of comic book movies as being basically the biggest films in Hollywood have any of them done five weeks in a row at number one. So wow. the power of being outside of the typical movie season is again shown here. This movie just moved over $600 million domestically. But, like, the thing is, there's been a lot of, like, hyped movies that came out against Black Panther that lost. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like they were going against crap competition. Like, they well, had... Wrinkle in Time. Wrinkle in yeah. Time was, like, supposed to be huge. Like, yeah, it you, was. Yeah the, yeah. the book fan base was huge off of that. Yeah. Too, right? and, you had Oprah Winfrey, too. Oh, yeah. There. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tomb Raider. Yes. Like, it, that was supposed to be huge. Yeah, we predicted last week that Tomb Raider was going to... Was I was it, convinced. It beat Tomb Raider. It did beat Tomb Raider. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. this past week. Yeah. 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 So, wow. as of this recording... It had $607 million domestically, which puts it less than $20 million short. So about, yeah, about $13 million or so short of the Avengers for all-time domestic highest grossing comic book movie. Now, it will definitely overtake that by close to the weekend, if not through your Friday, Saturday. Yeah. Now, this has the potential to creep up on Jurassic World's domestic haul of $652 million. It will likely pass that prior to its end in theaters. And Titanic is the last one that has the potential to overtake. That would put it third highest grossing domestic film of all time. So Titanic has $659 million in whatever, $19.99. So that's not not relative to inflation as to what it would be. But you're looking just at pure finite relative dollars. Black Panther has a chance of being the third highest grossing only behind The Force Awakens and Avatar. Now that's domestically. Wow. Wow. Hey, hats off. That's impressive. Yeah. James Cameron has to share, man. We got to get that guy off at least one of the lists. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. He exactly. has to do a comic book movie yeah. now. So. Well, he's doing that angel battle angel or whatever it is. Oh, yeah. And, the, angel or... and like Avatar 2 and stuff. Yeah, yeah but, we'll see how that goes. But nice. anyways, Black Panther. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, this is a movie that I never thought would... I don't think anyone in the wildest dream... I don't even think Ryan Coogler, when he made this movie, he's like, yeah, this will be the third highest grossing of all time. Nope. But, no one did. But yeah. hats off to them. Uh, that That's great. You know, records are meant to be broken. And if this is going to be the highest grossing comic book movie, I'm glad that... I'm glad that it is. And let's see if it stays this way for a long time or if Infinity War will beat it. I mean... We all we all said Sanjay, you're crazy, but now it doesn't seem so crazy no. that Uncle Sanjay was saying. It doesn't. Again, yeah. we, we've already publicly expressed our apologies <laughs> for when we did a review saying it would never touch Avengers. Yeah. It's gonna pass it. It's yeah. gonna pass it. So hats off to you. And that's a great segue into our Avengers Infinity War discussion for this week. We discussed last week about some of I believe it was the posters and that we we're talking about. And some of the soul or the infinity stones that may have been two weeks ago. I can't quite remember. But anyways, we made a prediction with the tickets dropping on the Friday that we potentially get a new poster and probably a new teaser trailer. That all seemed to come to fruition on Friday. Let's talk about the tickets first before we get into the poster and the trailer itself. We've all got our tickets here. And I took the approach the same way I did with Black Panther. I didn't rush out to get the tickets like I normally do with the Star Wars film. I said, yeah, I'll get them whenever. And to my shock, there was not a lot of seats left yeah you know we're about three or four rows closer to the screen than we usually get when we pre-buy and when i look at this relative to black panther 
I, I got to the day before the film came out and I still got great seats on the pre-booked seats. This thing, the IMAX was sold out at Chinook. The some of the, or the big showing at West Hills, West Hills? Okay. was almost sold out. That's the one we got. But by the time we got it and as of this recording, it's, it's sold out. So wow. this thing across in that April 26th time slot seems to be sold out in Calgary. You had the same experience, right, with your IMAX? Yeah, uh, the landmark cinemas in the Country Hills in the Northwest, um, super sold out. Like the only thing there is just like the front row and kind of the peripherals. I uh, actually got tickets... I think on the Friday. So I didn't even wait that long, just a couple hours. Well, the same way, Friday evening. Yeah. And uh, I ended up with the uh, very top row mm-hmm. for, for besides. So normally I like to be more in the middle, but hey, beggars can't be choosers. So. This is very true. But, and now, uh, yeah. That, that was something that, at least our experience with getting tickets and seeing things sold out, was something that a lot of the theater chains in. The states were seeing Fandango reported really high pre-sales. AMC actually put out a statement about the relative ticket sales to some of the biggest MCU films. So Avengers Infinity War, when looking at advanced ticket sales in the first 72 hours. Now this again is coming from AMC. It is 257% ahead of Black Panther in advanced ticket sales. Wow. 715% in front of Captain America Civil War and 1,106% higher than Avengers Age of Ultron when it comes to pre-ticket sales in the first 72 hours. So if you extrapolate that data, if Age of Ultron made 200 million and this is a thousand times ahead of that, so this will make 2 billion opening weekend? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah makes sense. Close. Yeah. <laughs> this thing, what this is telling me is this thing is set to likely overtake Black Panther in that 202, likely overtake Avengers as the highest grossing comic book film with 207. This thing, I think, was originally pegged at about 235, 215 to 235 opening. It's probably on the heavy end of that, I would say, given these pre-sales. It will probably, as you've mentioned the past, NJ, it probably won't have the legs that Black Panther does based on what it runs up against and the fact that this thing's going to be so front-loaded. But do you think this has the potential to overtake, I think... The Force Awakens $248-49 million domestic opening. If any film has a chance, it's this one. Yeah, I was yeah. just going to say. Yeah, if any film could do it, it'd be this one. Yeah. Yeah. Force Awakens is so hard because there literally was a 10-year gap, you know, from 05 to 15, right? Yeah. So, But this has been building for 10 years. Well, yeah, yeah see, yeah. there you go. This has been building for 10 years, so... <sighs> I don't know, man. This yeah. is this is just crazy. <laughs> Disney's gonna open up their own country. Like, yeah, next yeah. Week, yeah. I'm going to. It. I'm going to. You're, you're going <laughs> to <laughs> Disney World. <laughs> yeah. it is, it's literally its entire world. They're gonna annex from the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, so it's, it's it's pretty wild. Yeah, and, yeah. and let's talk about this poster. Now, last yeah. week we we talked about that there wasn't a great poster for. Avengers Infinity War yet. We were anticipating it was coming on Friday with the tickets. We had the teaser poster, which fit along lines of the same teasers that we've gotten in the past. Oh, I love that poster. It's great. Yeah, I love them too. But this one, I love it. Like it's, it's very much the clip art, the heads and all that, but there's a lot of characters on here. <laughs> I love Thanos up there. Robert Denny Jr. is front and center, flanked by Evans, Hemsworth, Pratt, and Chadwick Boseman. So all of your big main characters, you've got Black Widow front and center there, Spider-Man doing his thing. Every character on here except for Hawkeye and Ant-Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very strange that they wouldn't be in there. Ant-Man up- could be there. You just might not be able yeah, to see him. True. Well, maybe Ant- oh, yeah. Sums up with Hawkeye in this film. There's yeah. something bigger with Hawkeye that we're not seeing. 
Maybe I'm, I'm he... thinking like the Ronin identity. Mm-hmm. I think he plays a much bigger role in Avengers Four, and he plays some sort of futuristic Ronin type character. I don't know, right. something like that. Okay. I, I don't know, but I, I love this poster. I'm definitely gonna be getting this. This is going up in the nerd room for sure. <laughs> you think this will be the IMAX poster too? No, no. no. This is the this will be the, like main the, the main movie. Main. Po- the IMAX yeah. will be something else. They always do yeah, something different, but yeah. don't worry, I got you guys covered. Nice, yeah, nice yeah. free poster. Nice. Yeah, Whoa, no, I didn't say free. A... I just said I got you guys covered. Yeah. <laughs> sure. It's a cool poster, like you mentioned. It's a shame we're missing uh, Hawkeye because he's been there, you know. Yeah, since the beginning, since right? Thor yeah. one. Yes. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. But so. yeah, it, it's it's gorgeous, and it, and it goes along with this beautiful trailer. That debuted. You know, we're gonna we're gonna put it on here in the background, like we normally do, and just step through it in a bit of detail. So I will say, spoilers for Avengers: Infinity War, for the second trailer. So if you're not watching the trailers, I will say, you can skip ahead to the end of the show or whatever. Come back eventually, but we're going to attempt to speculate on some of the stuff we've seen and connect the pieces into some of the promo art that we've got, as well as that first trailer. Yeah, so to avoid you seeing a spoiler, I'm going to yell spoilers every five seconds. So if you don't hear me yell spoilers, you're good to come back. Yeah. Spoilers! <laughs> spoilers! Yeah. Spoilers! Full time. Spoilers! Now, what do you guys think of this opening shot and spoilers. the camera work? <laughs> Sorry, that's the last one. The camera work on the opening shot here. I, I really like it. It's cool. It's very reminiscent of uh, Doctor Strange, yeah. you know, going back to that Inception kind of feel. I feel like this trailer sprinkles a little bit of every movie that we've seen. You know, like Spider-Man, you get more of like that um, standalone kind of smaller yeah. scale film. And you get the Doctor Strange stuff. You get the cosmic stuff for the Guardians. You get a little bit of everyone's flavor, yeah. which is awesome. Yeah. yeah. The big standout at the start here is the score to me. Oh, yeah. yeah. Soft, um, it's, it's, and it's the Avengers score, but they've tweaked it, right? Yeah. They've got that soft piano in there, and it picks up right at the end with the Spider-Man stuff. Yes. Oh, yeah. Holy man. Like, this is a, a big point that we're quite critical on in the MCU retrospective series is the scores yeah. in these films don't play the role they should. This one seems to have fixed that. And I think we saw a bit of that. We commented a lot about that on Winter Soldier yes. in the retrospective episode. And going forward, I think you get a lot more prevalent scores. Black Panther was the same yep. way. Mm-hmm. This one seems you're really hitting. And tying elements, the same way Star Wars does, tying elements from previous films into the bigger score right. to make you think and feel a certain way. This is really accomplishing that for me. I love that. Yeah. And then we got this, this beautiful voiceover at the start with Gamora. And we've got kind of phasing into Thanos and his overall plan, which I absolutely love. So her quote here is, the entire time I knew him, he only ever had one goal, to wipe out half the universe with a snap of his fingers. So cool. It's right out of Infinity Gauntlet. This is what he does in the comic books after he assembles the Infinity Stones. Death asks him to, for this big gesture. He eliminates half the universe with the snap of his fingers. You know, I know they're not adapting Infinity Gauntlet directly and they don't need to but just having his motivations tied into that comic book into that arc ah i love it man it's so good well and that's what loose's are known for right giving you a little bit of that comic book flavor but throwing it into the film itself right yeah did it with civil war and winter soldier and they continue to do it here yeah so is death in the film or no i don't think so yeah he seems to be not motivated by that there's some discussion i believe by the russos or josh brolin that there is an element that makes you try to feel sympathetic for Thanos. So it seems to be going into, and as we see here in the trailer, some sort of flashbacks mm-hmm. to give you some relevant information as to why the character is motivated that way. So hopefully we get a little bit more in depth. We don't just want him coming to do that. In the in Infinity Gauntlet, yeah, he's motivated by death, but we want a bit more substance to this character yeah. and having 
this character of death just tell him to do things won't do it for this universe you need yeah. something that you can sink your teeth into and they seem to be giving that to you because i wasn't expecting flashbacks for thanos but it looks like based off this trailer we're going to get them we see the scene with him all armored up which is a big question mark are we going to see that we've seen it in guardians of the galaxy we saw a bit of it in the end of avengers we saw it in age of ultron as well i like seeing him here all armored up but it's that scene with Gamora that grabs his finger, right? Yeah. It seems that he's yeah. gone in, invaded her own planet, taken her for his own. It's the children of Thanos, all stolen children. So it fits with the overall theme of Thanos in the comic books as well. So I'm really digging what they're doing here with flashbacks. And you get your boy Spidey yeah. swinging through New York here off that bus. How about this Iron Man? That's this, cool. This, this cool thing that he gets on his feet to blast him up to this big sphere. An extra boost, eh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's pretty cool. Really cool. Now, we we talked about this orb-looking or this round-looking thing. It looks like some sort of transportation or portal of some sort mm-hmm. that may take Iron Man and Spidey and Doctor Strange into that weird extraterrestrial-looking planet that we see them on a little later on in the trailer. And this is another the key piece of this trailer. So again, big spoilers for here. So Tony Stark specifically says... We have one advantage. He is coming to us. We have what Thanos wants, so that's what we'll use. And as he's saying that, you see an image of Doctor Strange opening up the Eye of Agamotto, showing the Time Stone, and then there's a pan to Vision as well. So it seems like the general plan for the Avengers is to take the Infinity Stones to particular places and mount some sort of battle against Thanos and his impending army. So... The Wakanda scene, again, another beautiful scene, but looks like they've taken Vision to Wakanda as one of humanity's last stands against Thanos, protecting the Infinity Stone by bringing the fight to Wakanda, this very capable fighting force that we saw just a couple weeks ago in Black Panther. Yeah. So really, really cool. Yeah, very smart in their part two, right? You know, waiting for the key moments of the rise of Black Panther doing so successful, and then you can kind of plant more of those scenes in here and throw it in. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and we seem to in this trailer again. We saw this in the first trailer, but this one really exemplifies it a bit more. But the splitting of into what looks like three separate teams. Yeah. We've got this Wakandan team, which composes of Cap, Black Widow, Falcon, Banner, Vision, Rhodey, and Scarlet Witch, along with Black Panther and Wakanda, Shuri, and all that. There seems to be another team that is a bit more cosmic or spacefaring that has Iron Man. Peter Parker, Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, and part a uh, couple of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. So that's pretty cool. We see that later on the episode, and then the episode in the <laughs> trailer. <laughs> and then there's Thor, Rocket, and Groot that seem to be off on a separate quest to mm-hmm. make Thor's new weapon. Yeah. Awesome. That, to me, seems like the only part that might be a little... I mean, it's just going off of a trailer that I'm like, eh, whatever, but I want to get more back to the other two members of the team like two crews of the team. yeah yeah so that that's that's again i agree with you a big question mark for me is how disjointed is the thor story going to feel you remember from age of ultron hot tub yeah we had a really disjointed scenes or few scenes from thor that were trying to seed some of the stuff that we're seeing here in infinity war with regards to the infinity stones and doing a bit more into his own film universe that never really got picked up on so there's a, I'm not worried about it. I'm sure it's great. Mm-hmm. And even the Russos came out and said Thanos has got the most screen time and then followed by Thor. Wow. Yeah, I never so would have guessed that. They said he's got a very interesting arc. So hmm. pairing him with Rocket and Groot is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. 
And having him pursue something is also very cool, but I want to make sure he's relevant to the story. And now we do see a scene in here where Thanos seems to have his head in a grip. Oh, yeah. And so Thor is going to have the interaction. The worry when you look at these is that you don't see him with many characters. You don't see him in Wakanda. You don't see him with Star-Lord and Iron Man here. So my worry is that he's going to be disconnected from the film a lot mm-hmm. i loved him in ragnarok i want to see him in this version of thor interacting with star lord interacting with tony stark and captain america and right. just a little like you're a bit different yeah <laughs> like, what happened to your eye and your hair and all that, right? <laughs> like we need that call out we need sure. that, that yeah. audience perspective from these mcu <laughs> characters to tie it all up here and i uh, mean i this this whole scene with star lord and iron man about your plan sucking. Like, yeah. it, it's great to have the banter between Star-Lord and Tony. It's something that we wanted. It was oh, something yeah. we knew was going to happen. You had to have these guys, these quick-lipped guys, going at each other. And it looks like we're going to get that with Peter Parker looking on in absolute amazement. Yeah, this is right. this is what I feel like myself. Yeah. <laughs> Peter's in between, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's got the That's new awesome. uh, Iron Spider suit on. Yeah, he yeah. does. Nice view of that. It's first, like, full view we've gotten of that, I think. Yeah. Really skinny looking Iron Man. <laughs> yeah, that and waist. This this Wakanda battle, we've seen this from the previous trailer, but them all loaded up in these hover crafts or whatever, going out to the front lines. The third or fourth time I watched this, I got this real I don't always like comparing to this, but I got this real like D Day type of vibe. You know, like the you know how all the oh, soldiers yeah. are in the boats heading for the beach? Yeah. That's the vibe I'm getting for this. It's like this is our last stand. All these soldiers, the superheroes, everyone's going out to right. this. It's, yeah, it's... There's, it's going to be war, eh? I, yeah, I was thinking, is. like, Independence Day or something, you know? Oh, yeah. Tony needs to give the speech. Well, someone's <laughs> got to give a speech. <laughs> Captain America. If there's not an epic speech in this movie, I'm walking out. <laughs> it's got to be something. Man, this... this the yeah, armor's I, great. Armor yeah. was yeah. awesome. Thanos. Yeah. So good. So good. I hope he slips it on sometime in the film here. But, yeah, there's this scene oh, there yeah, with the Thanos crush. crushing... And then this one here. So we get a really nice view of Loki here. He's surrounded by the children of Thanos, the Black Order, as it's called in the comic books. And at first I was like, whoa, is he standing tall with them? But if you look closely at Proxima Midnight, she's got her big scepter looking thing right at his head. Now this is going back to our discussion last week about Loki and the potential for him to die. I think it happens here. I, I, the, you Interesting. Don't, like this, this again is pointing towards the fact that Loki has a relatively short arc, and really what he's doing is delivering the Tesseract, the Space Stone, to Thanos. Because the next clip we see is Thanos crushing the Tesseract in his hand, and presumably going to put that stone into the gauntlet because mm-hmm. we know it's in the gauntlet from later on scenes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, sorry, Loki's Loki. done. Yeah, he's he's done. I think this reconfirms what we discussed last <laughs> week. So oh, and everyone's arming up. We get Cap with the shield, Bucky going on, and but then we that's get interesting. The claws on Panther. Yeah, because yeah. like I just saw, uh, what you call it? Bucky? No, Iron Man with the uh, Hulkbuster suit. Yeah, but he's in Wakanda. But then he was like in the space. So uh, I've been spoiled on that one. I won't. We won't go into that. <laughs> oh, okay. But, is he just controlling both armors? I mean, we've seen. Oh, because like, he's done that in the comics, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I won't you don't say that. anything. <laughs> I'm not going to. I hope it's like Rocket or someone. Or like Baby Groot in there. Or Pepper. Yeah. Pepper. Uh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> now, I remember this scene description from the San Diego Comic-Con release. where We have Doctor Strange throwing out the little cylinders or whatever. And, and Star-Lord's jumping around on them. Right. Firing up in this space battle. Right. Yeah. So pretty cool stuff. 
This... That's cool. I love Star-Lord with that helmet on. Yeah, That's it looks great. way better. We had a nice shot of Ebony Maw, really creepy looking, one of the mm-hmm. children of Thanos. Mm-hmm. Seemingly doing something to Doctor Strange. Looking for that time stone. That'd be a good matchup. Yeah, yeah. We? Then we have here. So we have two crucial scenes at the end of the trailer. We've got Thanos versus Iron Man. And he says the direct quote, I hope they remember you. And Iron Man, his suit's all beat up. He's, you know, looking pretty dire here. And then we get the next scene following this this incredible scene is Captain America versus Thanos. Now, Thanos seems to throw a punch or some form of slap at Captain America. And Cap catches it. Before, (laughs) Before we get into that in a bit more detail, I just want to call out. This is directly, almost directly out of Infinity Gauntlet. Mm-hmm. There's a scene in Infinity Gauntlet. Now, I've got the book right here, and I just want to read the one quote. So Captain America directly confronts Thanos. He has no business doing this, probably like he does in this film. But he says, as long as one man stands against you, Thanos, you'll never be able to claim victory. Thanos rebuttals noble sentiments from one who is about to die. Hmm. I have a very strong feeling that some form of that dialogue is going to be spoken at this very point in the film. It it's a beautiful be. scene. It's paralleling very nice to Infinity Gauntlet. What are you guys' thoughts on Cap catching this gauntlet? Yeah, so for me, like everything on this trailer is awesome. Obviously, like this is an amazing trailer. But this part here kind of sticks out for me because if you look at the power levels of Thanos, he is kind of like a Superman. You know, his power levels are probably even higher than Superman's, I would say, especially if he has the Infinity Gauntlet and some Infinity Stones. And Captain America is just a human. Yeah, he's super so powered. He's a man, man. But he, I mean, come on. He's powered, but he can't stop like a plane. He can't stop a train. He can hold a helicopter with a one arm. Well, yeah, yeah. that's pretty true. That, <laughs> that bicep was pretty sick. Right, and then he lifted up Thor's hammer a little bit. And if you look at the Gauntlet, it's not fully powered. He almost no. looks like he has two. But still, like, Thanos should be able to just, like, swat at, like, a human. I know he's powered up, and he... But, okay, so he moved the hammer, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's strong, because Vision carries the hammer around. It just means that he's worthy. Yeah, that's true. I mean... That's true. I mean, Hulk is stronger than uh, Cap. Uh, Cap, and yeah. Hulk couldn't move it. That's true. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, it's just to me, like, Hulk... I think Hulk is not as strong as Thanos. Maybe in the comics, I'm... Missing something because I haven't read a ton of Thanos. It's a Thanos vs. Hulk series not too long ago. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I I like this scene because it's to me it's more about the statement than the physicality of yeah. it. It's Cap versus Thanos. Now, Cap could get swatted away the same way he does in Infinity Gauntlet right at the end of this scene. Yeah. I don't think it's going to happen that way. There may be some connective tissue to that scene we see with Bucky kind of running and screaming in the original trailer with the gun all drawn. So... I really don't know what's happening here, but it's it's more about how they end this. Iron Man versus Thanos, Captain America versus Thanos. You're two big characters in the universe. One of them's dying. Yeah. Maybe both. Don't know. Ooh. Yeah, one of them. I think one. One for sure. Yeah. No, I hope they both live. Yeah? Yeah. They, they got to be stakes here. Yeah, if they, you put your money on one of them. If I put my money on one of them, yeah. I would say Chris Evans dying? Captain America. Yeah. Yeah. And then someone else take over, like you said, like either Falcon or Winter Soldier. Yeah. 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 There there seems to be more rationale for Cap fighting it in this. He's 100 years old. Yeah. I think it's just the emotional (laughs) impact of Captain America dying on the audience itself will be, I think, stronger than Iron Man. Iron Man has the ability to still carry the film, to come back and have an emotional arc with the death of Captain America based on their history. And I think it's more meaningful in a film like this if Captain America dies. Yeah. 
I'm another way. I think I think Iron Man. I think Iron Man because the whole franchise started off with Iron Man. Everybody right. fell in love with Tony Stark, and um, you could all, a lot of this is kind of created from Tony Stark. He's kind of created this whole massacre as it is. So either way, man, I don't want any of them to die. No, me neither. Yeah. And I like Cap over over Iron Man, but. Maybe that's why I'm kind of more so for Iron Man to bite it. I don't maybe, know. Maybe there's some lesser known characters that can bite it. Like uh, Speedball, is he in this universe? Can no, we kill him not off? Not yet, at least. <laughs> Introduce so much new characters. Oh, look, we killed so many. Like Quicksilver. We're Slipknot. <laughs> kill him off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's designed for. <laughs> Who's not in the promo? <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah. There you go, Hawkeye. Yeah. I got a question for you guys. You know, we, we kind of rapidly went through this thing. But at what point do you think a lot of these battles are happening? Do you think this is midway through the film and they're not showing us anything from the end? Like, is this Battle of Wakanda, the space battle that we're seeing, this Thor stuff, is this all happening in the first half of the movie? I'm pretty sure Iron Man stuff's like right away. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he, um, Thanos comes to the whatever the boom to, we can say, yeah. Yeah. and uh, just lays out Iron Man mm-hmm. instantly. I'm not saying he dies from there. He probably dies later. But I think that stuff is all pretty early. Obviously, Spider-Man being in New York, seeing the portal himself, that's probably early on in the film. Same with the Doctor Strange. The Wakanda stuff, that's the stuff I'm not too sure. That could maybe take place in the middle. Or this, yeah, this could be the middle and then the Thor stuff could be at the very end because that's the stuff we've seen the less of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. yeah. I'm wondering, the reason I asked that question and what I'm wondering about here is when you look at the Infinity Gauntlet, through all of this, these trailers and the promo art, or not so much the promo, but the trailers, he's only ever got two Infinity Stones. Right. The power, which comes from the Nova Corps, and the space, which comes directly from Loki. And I'm presuming the Loki stuff happens pretty close to the start of the movie. Right. Yeah. So he's wandering around these trailers with only two Infinity Stones. So he's got the Mind Stone from Vision. There's the Soul we don't know about. There's the Ether, which we don't really know about. It's maybe somewhere with the Collector. And then there's another one that I can't remember. Do you think it's possible they could have taken them out much like they did with like Spidey and Ant-Man? That's oh, a very good yeah. point you know, because they may have had to do that. Mm-hmm. And the Thor stuff with and the eye patch. The eye patch, yeah. Take that yeah. out so you don't have this idea that, okay, they've already lost the vision stone. The time stone is the other one I didn't say. Okay. They yeah. already lost the time stone. So it's a yeah. very good point. They could be doing some of that visualization right. trickery so that we're not gaining that sort of knowledge pre film right so you're very you're very much right in that one but so overall guys let's get to the last scene actually oh, first yeah. before we do that peter versus dr strange yeah. in a very comedic so yes the comedy is going to be coming at us we know it's coming yeah it needs to come from the right people yes that there is a perfect scene from that give it to peter quill give it to robert downey jr to have those quips and give it to guys like peter parker versus dr strange calling right. out these very different characters yeah. i love that oh we're using our made-up names. Yeah. yeah. Spider-Man. It's brilliant. Yeah. It's brilliant. That's great. I, I love that. And then he gets a little moment when we get to see him do his yes. uh, whole web swing and the agility being used. So all around, uh, yeah, that's just great. I I'm really am taking more of a tone to uh, his costume. I wasn't a big fan of the Iron Spider costume in the comics, and I didn't really like it at the end of Homecoming. Yeah. But uh, seeing this, like the shine and the glare on it, it looks pretty cool, and it makes a lot of sense in this film why he would be armored up. The environment helps. Yes, yes. Uh, juxtaposed against a very bright New York, it may not look as good. Right, yeah. But in this whatever cosmic, wherever they are, whatever planet they're on, gone through this, the boom to maybe refer to it, <laughs> I think it, it makes it look better. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, uh, what a time to be alive. Yes. I mean, <laughs> just think about like the 10 years we've gone through and the run of films that Marvel has put out. It's just crazy, like, 20, 30 years from now, we're going to look back at this time and we're going to reminisce about like, man, this was crazy. Like 
they had a Guardians movie, and then they had a Thor three, and then they had, and then they all combined. Like we're gonna be telling our kids about this time that we're living in right now. Like as they watch with us growing up, they're gonna be like, "Wow, like you were there opening night." It's kind of like you know our parents for some movies like uh, Star Wars, Wars yeah, right? I was there. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is crazy, and I just super excited. I can't wait to see this. Uh, I'm probably going to try see this twice in the same day. I don't know because <laughs> I, I just, I want to see lots of this. If the movie is exactly like this trailer, then I'm going to, this might overtake Black Panther as my favorite MCU film. I don't know. Yeah. It has a potential and I'm happy I put it number one on my list as most anticipated. <laughs> like still behind all... Aquaman for me. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this is, this is going to be a special viewing event. I know we have Avengers four to still to come the following year. But like we've said in the past, this really feels like the, the beginning of the end. This is going mm-hmm. to be the movie that maybe concludes a lot of these arcs mm-hmm. that we've had over the past 10 years. And Avengers 4 is maybe a bit more of a torch-passing film or the kickoff to something else, revamping the universe and doing something different, where this is the end of that 10 years of Marvel Studios building films. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I can't wait. April 26, 7 p.m. cannot come soon enough. This will probably be mostly it. I think we probably have one more trailer, but I'm not doing any TV spots. I'm happy with what I've gotten here. The story for me with the second trailer, you don't get that much more of it. You get a bit more details on it, but I think that's it. I know I said last week that I was going to watch a few more of these, but this trailer was dense enough. I think I'm, I think I got to leave some of this for the for the movie theater. Nice. So super exciting, guys. This is, like you said, Sanjay, hell of a time to be alive between the comic books, the collecting, the DC, Star Wars, and Marvel universes. It's it's incredible. It's it's just a great time to be a nerd, great time to be podcasting about this stuff. And it's probably a great time to end this podcast. We're about <laughs> an hour 40 or so in. And we just got to thank you guys very much for listening, for participating in the podcast. And if you'd like to be a part of The Nerd Room, you can always email us at thenerdrm at gmail.com. You can hit us up on YouTube or Facebook. And as always, our Twitter handles are at the end of the episode. We're always hanging out there. And you can always, always, always get us on thenerdroom.net. Just click contacts and throw us your name, question in there, and it'll come directly to us via email. Sanjay, give a quick pop to your YouTube work. Yeah, so make sure if you know you like me and you think I'm great. I mean, who doesn't? And you want to hear more of me and you want to see what this beautiful voice produces or where this beautiful voice comes from. Make sure you check me out on the YouTube channel, the nerd room podcast. Every week I break down all my latest pickups from my movie collecting addiction. And I throw in a little bit, something special at the end. Now, you know, maybe it's a top five musicals or favorite dc movies who knows what i'll do but uh check it out the views have been going crazy thank you for everyone who's been watching that and yeah it's been fun it's been fun i gotta get you two guys on it yeah someday we'll see <laughs> <laughs> over the next couple of weeks the room is gonna have a slightly different shape to it um, i'm taking off for a couple of weeks so the boys here are gonna be holding it down one of the episodes depending on what is released as far as dc content over the weekend if we do get an Aquaman trail and that you'll see the guys come back next week to discuss that and if not you will see our Winter Soldier MCU retrospective episode drop in place of our normal nerd room episode and then following that week depending on how it's rearranged the guys will also be doing an episode discussing whatever nerd news comes out that week and I will be off 
in Florida with the family doing my Disney thing. Cannot wait. Nice. So I'll be posting lots of stuff on Twitter for what we're doing down there. So make sure to to follow me there at the NerdRM. See what's going on as far as promo material for Infinity War down in Disneyland or Disney World and uh, solo a Star Wars story stuff. So I look forward to seeing what you guys produce in the next couple of weeks. And make sure to tune back in for our MCU retrospective episode on the winter soldier one more pump to give is we recorded the first episode of the nerd room detours we have yet to figure out exactly when we're going to release that how we're going to release it but we've got about an hour of content just discussing random stuff as per the title detours it kind of detours away from a normal nerd room mcu dc star wars kind of content talking about real things different things so we cracked a couple beers and recorded that over the weekend so looking forward to getting that out to you guys so keep an eye on the feed for that as well all right gentlemen for i guess i won't be back for about three weeks of recording so two weeks of recording and then we'll be back on the third week i'll be back but you guys will be holding down the fort look forward to what you guys bring to the table pressure's on (laughs) what do you want to talk about let's talk about something that you know, Tim wouldn't want to talk about. Yeah. What do you want to talk about? Yeah, you'll get DC, there. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought we were gonna do a Star Trek episode. Ah, he might be solo. Oh, <laughs> no, no, I'm just playing around. I, I, uh, was it Discovery? Star Trek Discovery? Is that what you're talking about? Uh, and I was thinking like the movies, like the Abrams movies. Oh, okay, I'm down with that. Yeah, I love those movies. Yeah. Should, should we do Star Trek? You know, uh, will we get kicked out of the Commonwealth? <laughs> no. We'd have to join the uh, no, lots of Star Trek fans. Don't you worry. The about Federation. That. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, I look forward to seeing you guys throw on the table. And for the nerd room, I'm Tim. I'm Troy. And I'm Sanjay. And thank you for entering the nerd room. This has been a nerd room podcast production. You can find our hosts, Tim, Troy, and Sanjay, on Twitter at TheNerdRM, TroyTheBoy87, and Sunjabby. For more content from The Nerd Room, check out TheNerdRoom.net. Don't forget to subscribe to The Nerd Room on iTunes, Podbean, and YouTube. Be sure to head over to StarWarsCommonwealth.com to find more podcasts in the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network, including Talk Star Wars, Tumbling Saber, Generation X-Wing, Rogue Squadron Podcast, Skyrim's Podcast, and San Diego Sabers. Follow the Star Wars Commonwealth on Twitter at SW Commonwealth and take your first steps into a larger world.